0: Hello, welcome to the Off The Rocks podcast. My name is Jen with a cold this week and I'm chatting to Sarah. Hello.
1: Oh, I'm really healthy. I'm sorry. (laughs) You (laughs) cow. Rubbing it
0: in. (laughs) I know this is the second cold I've had in the last sort of month, which is really, really unusual for me. And I've read that the average person gets roughly three colds per year. So i'm doing pretty well
1: slightly yeah i mean but then maybe that means you'll be fine for you know most of the rest of the year this one will see me through the year (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: but aren't they rubbish cold oh it sucks
1: because it's such a you know when you're just like i mean it's only a cold but actually Mm. it really does drain you and make you feel utterly shit um so yeah yeah, so yeah, apologies that I sound a bit funny, but you know, what
0: are you gonna do? Everyone gets cold sometimes.
1: Yeah, you haven't quite picked up that sexy husky voice. No you?
0: You sometimes get with colds, no offence. <laughs> no. So um
1: yeah, so how, how have you been getting on the last week? i 've been really good yeah no i 've had 've had a good week. Uh, my new sofa has arrived, which has just has been uh, i can 't tell you how excited, i mean it 's it 's disproportionately excited i 've been but it 's just so good i 've been sitting on the floor for three months and um it 's massive and luxurious and yeah i 'm very yeah. happy about that, oh, not particularly news. classic anecdote, but it is good news yeah that 's it really i 've just been um yeah, been just steady. had a really nice week yeah I went for um went for a really nice little picnic the other day. I baked some bread and um got some really nice smelly cheese and we went up and and sat. There's like this really cool windmill, which is almost right in the center of Nottingham. It's kind of really random um but it's just like views all over the city and it was really sunny and peaceful and stuff. It was really nice like um just yeah, just it doing sounds nice idyllic. Stuff really it was it was a little bit
0: i too have had a lovely week aside from picking up this cold but i went to a brighton well a hove event that was hosted by kath gray and laurie mcallister and um, it was like a sober mixer thing in this gorgeous pub called the ginger pig yeah, and um, I, I know I that you that. were you were planning on maybe coming
1: or not, yeah, but you would have loved yeah. it. I know, you would I'd have really I'd, liked it. I do feel um, not not regret because in no. the end it just didn't work out, sort of timing wise and money wise and various other things. But um, yeah, I was kind of I was a bit like, oh god, I'd be terrified to to do all that sort of sober stuff at um, socialising sober. But actually, I you know just I could tell from the pictures that I saw on Instagram, like it just looked really lovely and everyone looked super friendly and nice. Oh, it was and, so nice. So many lovely yeah. people
0: and it was one of those things where most people that came in were like I'm so nervous and within two minutes they were like don't be silly like I literally said that to pretty much everybody I was like don't be silly come and sit next to me and where'd you come like straight away people were just getting into their stories why they were there why they didn't want to drink all the time it was just lovely it was brilliant yeah it
1: looked really really nice that those kind of things are, are going off and the there is no need, reason to be nervous when everyone's in the same boat like it's different if you're going to an event and everyone's getting smashed and you're like oh I'm going to be the only sober one but literally everyone everyone has those same feelings so yeah it looks totally. really nice next time I'll uh, try and come yeah it was
0: great I'd recommend it to anybody and anybody at all even if you think oh, I don't have a problem with alcohol at all like it doesn't do you any harm to go to events where alcohol is not what things are being centered around definitely definitely. Um, I think you know it does everybody good to remember who they are as person without mm. any crutches so uh, yeah that was lovely uh, it was a lot of driving because i went there and back from Bournemouth to Brighton in a night oh, um, so yeah loads of driving but to support a friend and and to sort of be a part of it and um, and it was just lovely anyway it was it was you know it was one of those occasions where you think I'll put up with the massive commute to yeah to do yeah, it definitely but um yeah it's um it's been a good week and um i've had a few emails from some listeners and um i've picked one out today i think we should just crack straight on with it because um let's do it I mean why why the fuck not why
1: not like we're really boring let's get into some interesting stuff
0: we were just talking about Game of Thrones for about 15 (laughs) minutes before this part and I don't think we'll bore everybody because if you're into it you are and you'll know what's going on and if you're not then you're not and some people might not have watched the whole lot up to and date. if you're
1: not, then you really don't want to fucking yeah. do a thing about it because yeah. everyone's talking about it. That's pretty much why I started watching it again because I'd watched like the first couple of seasons and I was working in an office full of boys and it's just every fucking Tuesday or whatever was the day after it had been on. They were just talking about it so much that I'm just like, I'm just going to have to watch this so I can get involved in the conversation and not get really bored. Yeah. And, uh, and I really got back into it. Uh, time at
0: the time of recording though, there's one more episode to come out and um, it's the final ever game of thrones episodes so i'm super excited for that yeah right then on to this listener email see if i can get through it without having a coughing fit dear jen and sarah thanks for a thought-provoking and funny podcast i look forward to listening every week my question is this One of my ex-boyfriends from a few years ago recently got back in touch and said he wants us to be friends. We were together for about 18 months and things ended badly when we broke up nearly five years ago. I was heartbroken at the time and it took a while to get over him but I'm fine now. Happily dating other people, casually, nothing serious. Do you think exes can be friends? I would ideally like to try and be friendly with him and I do remember him fondly, mostly when we had good times. But I don't want to lead him on or get into any drama. It feels like it would be easier if I just didn't get involved at all. I don't know what to do. Any advice? Welcome. Cat.
1: Is that an actual cat, do you think? or Undoubtedly. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, because so. I don't know if cats can be friends with their exes. I know that my cat isn't from the monster who impregnated her at eight months old. Oh, really? Um, Uh, Yes, yes, she's had a had a litter of kittens. Um, Let's not go down into no. Sorry, I'm sorry. No, it's it's quite brutal. Kick off with (laughs)
0: animal rape for (laughs) God's sake. Right, yeah. So, firstly, thanks for your email, cats. This is something that I I think pretty much every person on the planet can relate to. Definitely. Um, So, I mean, you ask one explicit question which is do you think exes can be friends i think the answer to that is yes exes can be friends but you have to do it on a case by case basis you know if you if one of your exes was you know a psychopathic rapist murderous hideous person i would suggest no don't perhaps not don't (laughs) enter into friendship with him once he's out of your life (laughs) but yeah providing that it was um not a a terribly abusive relationship I think there's always a chance where you can be friends and you just have to do it on a case-by-case basis that's what I would think to that in general
1: yeah definitely I, I completely agree I think um, they can and I have I mean two of my closest friends um, I dated you know and they were significant relationships um at sort of slightly different life stages and stuff and they were a while ago but uh, certainly you know one of them was my longest relationship we were together for five years and you know we were able to become friends almost instantly because um uh, that that was that was sort of the reason that we broke up is that that's kind of where we were at we just realized that we really really cared and loved for each other but it was just really on a friendship basis rather than a a romantic basis and that uh, friendship. I mean, and there was a period of, you know, probably uh, six months, a year uh, and sort of gradually beyond that, which where you have to gradually reset your boundaries, because I think that can be the most difficult thing, particularly if if it's a significant relationship where you've lived with someone and you've been you know, intimate with them in in that way where they know everything about you, and you've had to deal with all the day to day stuff of life. Where, when you're in that stage, you don't really have a filter in in sort of how you speak to each other. I mean, not that you you know you're unkind or anything, but it's just you don't stop yourself from saying stuff. So when you're when you then try to become friends, that doesn't automatically revert to like an appropriate level for friends. So there are yeah. some times where it's like you know, I just felt myself saying and doing things that actually I needed to take a step back and say no. And, and there was a time where I kind of, um, I needed somewhere to live because I was sort of between places and stuff. And I said, you know, oh, can I crash at yours? And this was probably six months after we broke up. And, and she said, I I really don't think that that's a good idea at the moment. Like I just feel, and, and that was absolutely the right call. Um, because, uh, you yeah, I was kind of in a stage where I was trying to just become more autonomous and independent because I'd been sort of quite reliant on her. So, yeah, just all that to say that um, I think you absolutely can, but I think it, it just depends on the person. It depends on your personal history and and it can take some work. Like, it's not necessarily an automatic transition where there are no kind of issues.
0: Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think from the, the looks of Kat's email, the basic things that, that she includes... It seems to me there might well be really good grounds to, to see if you can be friends because you're not going to, with any friendship, with any situation, there's no guarantee of the outcome of it. You have yeah. to test it out. You have to see how it goes. And and like Sarah just said, sort of reset your boundaries. And, and mostly that comes with just living through things and recognising, oh, hang on, that's not making me feel comfortable or or you know there's there's some overstepping going on so you reset them as you go yeah so that's part of the course with any relationship any friendship whether you've been sexually intimate with that person in the past or or not but yeah I think by the looks of it you say that you were together for 18 months so obviously that's you know a significant chunk of time and again it depends you know if it's a long distance relationship or a super casual relationship you may not get to know somebody that fast or that well in in 18 months but equally you can be with someone for six months and if it's super intense from the start and you Mm. dive right in and spend loads of time together introduce each other to your friendship groups and your families and all of that or if you're if you're in a situation where you're friends first and then it evolves into a yeah situation I say yeah that as
1: well like that's kind of different in terms of like knowing someone uh but also just in terms of knowing what it's like to be friends with that person yeah I mean, you might be with someone where your relationship wasn't great and that might transfer into your friendship and maybe you're just yeah. not really compatible in that way so I yeah think that, that matters but yeah
0: if you were together you know a good few months you know, there was obviously something about that person that really drew you in. Otherwise, you wouldn't have spent a year and a half with them in your lives, making making that effort for them and vice versa. So there's obviously some friendship there anyway. And you also say that you broke up nearly five years ago. So that's what I was going to say. I think that there has to be for it to have some success in general. I know that you've just said, Sarah, that you managed to become really great friends with one of your significant exes and it happens sort of instantly but your situation was that you you just said that you were probably like more friends than anything for a long time in within Mm -hmm. that relationship but what I would say is ideally there should be some time between the sexual relationship and and for it to morph in like successfully into
1: something else in most cases because actually even in that situation although uh, I mean it was a difficult one because we were living uh together at the time and we were kind of we were basically in australia so it's not like i could i had nowhere else to go we were forced to remain living together but then i moved to um, new zealand um so although we were you know friendly and on good terms before i left we actually did even in that as is easy it wasn't easy but as kind of straightforward as it was in many ways to transition um into friendship i we still needed that we probably spent maybe two months apart so you know just not seeing each other at all obviously because we're in different countries and and that made all the difference um because it was just like you just need that distance to uh, just take a step back and process your feelings and all of those you know obvious good things um so yeah no matter how kind of easy and straightforward it might seem i think definitely give yourself a bit of time just just to kind of have a bit of breathing space yeah
0: in an ideal situation i think that it would be a you know a chunk of time goes by so that you can get over them for a start and you said that you were quite heartbroken at first and it took you a while so you know hopefully that has taken place over the last five years But also you get used to not having them around, not having them to rely on, you concentrate on your own life, you know, you probably have moved on with with other boyfriends and dating and stuff like that, and they have too. So it's all that that good stuff that you need to become a sort of whole independent person that's nothing to do with them or their life anymore. And you've done that already, so I think that's a, a good sign. And as Sarah said, you know, you need to set some boundaries. And the other thing that I would say is what's more important than than those other two and certainly as important is that doesn't make sense. <laughs> 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 you've got a cold (laughs) (laughs) I'm not very well guys (laughs) I can't think straight um yeah what's what's more important yeah definitely more important and it's really important throughout your life in everything is be honest be honest with yourself so Kat I would urge you to because you're you, you know you're not sure you have mixed feelings about this you would sort of like to but you're not sure and you foresee potential drama and you don't want that but He said he wants to be friends. I'd sort of just take him at his word for now. If he has ulterior motives that he might still be carrying a torch for you. You can assume that if you want, but you don't know that. And you probably won't know that until you actually start being friendly and meeting up. And if that's not what you want, say that from the very start. Say, Mm. I'd love to be friends with you, but I really don't want to invite any drama into my life. I have to make sure and say from the start that you're not looking for anything more because I'm not from you. And that's all you can do is just sort of say yeah. that and express yourself and, um, and and tell them and make sure that you're both on the same page. But again, that's, that's the same for any relationship. It's the same for work relationships. You know, I'll do this and this is what I expect. And they say, well, this is what I expect. And it's an exchange of, you know, agreements, yeah and, uh, I'm, and expectations. I'm all for
1: casual contracting like you know I was kind of joking with someone about it I think someone was telling me a story about how someone had been in a relationship and they literally made you know their their new partner like write stuff down or something and we were kind of laughing but I was like well actually I mean that's quite an extreme version but I think that kind of maybe an unwritten version but just laying down like this is how I feel this is what I want this is what I need this is what I expect like not in a kind of dramatic you know and and do this or else kind of way but just laying your cards out on the table and being honest and it just takes away all that kind of uncertainty and game playing and just people kind of making up their own narratives and I just think it's really really healthy so if yeah. his motives are not just that you know he's had time to reflect and he misses you and he cares about you if there's other stuff then that'll come out a lot quicker if, if you're just like look this is where I'm at and yes I've missed you and I'd like to kind of catch up or whatever yeah it's going to be a lot harder for him to of high if he's just lonely and, and wanting to get back with you then that will come out a lot sooner I'd imagine
0: yeah and, and if that does happen and that's not what you're up for then in the moment you just need to say look this is not what you initially said or you know I'm just I'm not feeling that way and then you just sort of back off you back off a bit if, if that's how it turns out but but you know I, at the moment I would probably take them at their word and you said that you have fond memories of them and have a little bit of history and it's a while ago now so you've obviously both moved on you know people can't sort of not move on when you don't have contact with someone for five years that's quite a significant chunk of your life so I would say go for it and I've definitely had experience on the whole where I've managed to be friendly with exes and there's only been uh, there's only one that I wouldn't really be friends with, and that's because he was violent towards me. Like he repetitively hit me and was just incredibly abusive, and and it was such a short-lived relationship as well. Like it, it wasn't. I wouldn't really consider it a really significant one that I just wouldn't entertain being around him at all. Mm. That's the only one though, because mostly you know people that you do spend a lot of time with they were worth spending that time with and so there was a lot about them that you really admired or got along with or loved or you know there was something that drew you both into that relationship to start with you know and I I think it's much nicer when you can be
1: friendlier with with people that you've had a history with that's the other thing as well um you know in terms of like being friends like friends can take a lot of different forms so it might just be that you know he he I mean, in in cat situation, you might just want to reconnect and be on good terms, and you know, you might just catch up for a coffee every now and then. Um, I mean, I I have a couple of exes who are like close friends and like confidants and people who are a really big part of my life, but you don't have to be like that with all, you know with everyone or or with anyone. Uh, that you dated, so uh, yeah, you can kind of find the appropriate level um, of friendship that feels right, and and I think that um, you know the fact that it's been five years as well is, is kind of interesting in the sense that we do all evolve and change, and you know there might be some things that um, weren't great in your relationship at the time, but you know he might have he might have grown up a bit and got past them and and processed them differently, so you know, things that you might think, well, do I really want to be friends with that person? In a way, you're not being friends with that person. You're you're being friends with that person five years on. Yeah. uh, Where you might just be able to have, uh, like, some really nice memories and, you know, all the kind of romantic side of stuff has has dissipated because you've moved on with other people. Uh, But, yeah, it could be really, really nice. And it can be, you know, like, when you kind of catch up with an old friend who, like, I bumped into someone that I went to school with um, a couple of months ago who I haven't seen since I was about maybe 17 or something um and you know we haven't really stayed in touch and we're we're not friends now but it was really really lovely to run into and you just have all those memories and that shared experience that is nice to kind of not kind of cut yourself off to so yeah yeah. i think as well that's such a good point yeah it's
0: such a good point that you just said about people changing and evolving and That is absolutely true. You'd have to be a really strange person if you are exactly the same through five years of Mm. life experience. And the other thing is that you'd be meeting now on a a completely different sort of platform. You're not in a Mm. relationship with this person. You're not being sexual with this person. There's no intimacy there. There's memories of that from the past, but that doesn't exist now in this moment. And it hasn't existed for several years. And you don't act the same way with people when you're not involved in a relationship with them like that. You just don't. There's a level, like Sarah just said, there's a different level (laughs) of respect and you're sort of removed from it. You, You do not treat people the same. So your memories of how he might have treated you and the things that you think, oh, no, I don't want to invite that drama into my life. You're looking at it from the point of view of when you were his girlfriend and when he was your boyfriend, Yeah, you sort of need to sort of put that to bed and if you wanted to be friends with him, it would be a different situation, it's a different time, you've evolved, you've grown up, you're in different places, it would be different, it would be a different kettle of fish. Definitely. There's another sort of significant ex-relationship that I've had and we'll call him Mitch. That's not his real name but similar. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying that (laughs) Um, but yeah Mitch um it was years ago that we went out and it was um we were sort of together for around about a year and then we broke up and after a few months kind of rekindled things sort of accidentally under the guise of oh yeah I'm totally over it we'll be friends and we ended up sleeping together like on the second time we met up or something and it was it wasn't my um like it was me that was pushing that agenda and so, so after that, I think I kind of ruined for him the, the notion of, oh, yeah, we can be cool and be friends. But obviously, that isn't the same anymore. And, and many years have gone by. And back then, he was very, you know, he, he was very keen at the time to be friends in the future, once things had died down, once emotions had settled, once I'd moved on, which all of that has happened. And yet, whenever I've reached out over the years, he either totally blanks me or there'll be a little bit of back and forth but it's quite hostile on his part like very very guarded and even to the point where I've asked you know, could we just meet and have a chat and all of that he just is totally like point blank refusal and that caused me such a hard time because I just felt like that's really cold to treat people that way once you've been so close to them I don't know if you've ever experienced that sort of, like a refusal to even be civil or to to accept an olive branch.
1: It's, it's incredibly hard because it's just, it's such a rejection because, it, it you know, you can sort of, there's not an expectation, but you understand that, you know, like romantic rejection is something that you have to deal with in life and, you know, that's... It, The other person's prerogative to just be like, no, I don't want to engage in in that kind of romantic uh, stuff. But when you've shared experiences together and you have, you know, strong feelings, just whether it's just friendship, they're just those residual feelings. It's really, really hard for someone to just say, no, I just don't want any part of that. It's incredibly difficult. So, and if you're the kind of person, I mean, my thing has been. with exes I've, I've certainly never done that I've never said no I don't want any you know any part in this friendship I've always been willing and wanted to um I think that was having with these relationships is that uh they were quite lopsided in the sense that essentially I was really into them and they kind of weren't into me and you know I, it kind of got to the point where after sort of two or three uh, of this happening two or three times where I felt like people were kind of just taking the bits of me that they want and sort of discarding the rest. And and I was kind of letting them and being okay with that and just being like, yeah, that's fine. You know, you just sort of mess around, mess me around for a few weeks or months uh, while you figure out how you feel. And and generally, you know, there'd be reasons that they didn't want to be in a relationship or they weren't available or they weren't interested. But then they'd be like, but, you know, I really like you. You're lovely. Like, let's hang out and let's be friends. And actually, at that time, what I should have done is, is taken a step back and say, well, no, really. Um, I mean, to be honest, that I could have just said no, full stop. And I don't think that would have been the worst thing in the world. But I just kind of went with it and I basically had to kind of deal and process um, my pain and the rejection and, and feeling sad about it whilst also trying to be their friend, which um, was obviously really, really difficult. So I think that is kind of the other side. Uh, of the coin in that respect in that um if you do want to be friends with someone you have to just kind of take care of you of yourself and your own heart. Which
0: brings it back to the three things that I said I think need to be present to have a shot at being friends with an ex. One is boundaries, two is taking some time out and having some space between the sexual part of the relationship and then possibly becoming friends. And the third mm-hmm. one is honesty. So in those yeah. situations, do you think that you would being honest with yourself about your feelings? oh no you were just no. thinking I'll oh, handle it I'll, <laughs> I'll deal with it and actually you weren't in, yeah. you were in that platonic headspace at that point like they were no
1: I wasn't and I mean I, I guess in some of the situations I probably was honest with myself in the fact that um, I mean in, in some of them I definitely still wanted something to happen and I think maybe I was uh, I was kind of just not biding my time it sounds a bit manipulative but um yeah i think that is a really common thing when people say yeah. oh let's be friends let's be friends what it really means is i just don't want to let you go so like yeah. i'll just take you however i can however i can get you but i think you know in in those situations like i, I had people who were not being honest with me so yeah. although nothing was really happening between us romantically it was never like actually, this is the situation. I'm really into someone else and I shouldn't have started this in the first place or I just don't see you like that. Like I'd get these kind of wishy-washy answers and I would be like, well, what do I really make of that? Like they still are really keen to have me in their life. So let's just go with it and just see what happens. And and that's really, really difficult. And that's something that I'd like to think I wouldn't I wouldn't do now. I mean, we're talking years ago, like this is not recent stuff. But I think it I think it's really common and I think it's really human and, and understandable to, to do that when you don't want to, to lose someone, particularly if you're someone, you know, like me with a few attachment issues and a few abandonment issues. I always was like, Well the alternative is that I lose them and that's it then and I just yeah. couldn't at that You'd point. You'd rather have something that than nothing. Idea. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is quite common.
0: It's really common. And also everybody has attachment issues or attachment yeah. styles everyone does you'll generally fall into um, anxious attached or enmeshed or avoidant and there'll be some sort of power play between those styles whenever you're in a relationship yeah. and and it's really difficult to be a sort of person that is a bit more anxious attached when you're in a relationship or you have feelings for someone that's avoidant um mm. because they'll pull away and the more they pull away the more that you'll want them not to yes. and the more you'll cling to them the more that they'll be they they're just sexier cr- they get
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah <and that. laughs> i mean that's the awful thing is that if you do if you are anxiously attached you are unfortunately unconsciously drawn to people who who are avoidant who are and unavailable yeah. oh god it's just the most difficult thing i know you loads know of people that do that though so it's, many it's so common it's probably the most common kind of like relationship issue really is that dichotomy between attachment styles but i think you can you can get in those patterns and you can feel so hopeless and so Awful, and feel like this is me forever now. Like I'm never ever going to enjoy being in a relationship because it's always going to feel like that. And uh, you know, this is one of those situations where, I mean, of course, do the work on yourself, notice these things, you know, process them as best you can, have have shitloads of therapy, and do all of that. But also, if you get with someone who's securely attached, you will feel different. And I didn't believe that, and I'm just starting to see it now that I'm currently you know, without going into too many details, um, just not feeling those things essentially. And that is to do with the fact that, you know, all this time that I've uh, been on my own and not been in relationships and stuff, I've done shitloads of work on myself. I know myself really well. And then if you meet someone who is securely attached, is not going to pull away, is willing to have open dialogue and conversations and create a space where you can talk about how you really feel and what you need and all that really good, healthy stuff, you can get past that and that's really exciting that's kind of nothing to do with what we're talking about now I'm I'm just bragging at this stage but (laughs) it totally (laughs) is is. and yeah I'm in a relationship like that now
0: and it's it's definitely the healthiest one that I've ever been in not to say it doesn't come without trials and having to work at it because obviously any relationship needs that but it's really really based on good healthy honest stuff and Mm. I don't really feel like I had that before, or I didn't. I wasn't able to accept that before, if it if it was there, maybe. Yeah, but, um, yeah that's the other. In thing. terms of X's though, my current relationship my husband he went out for a sort of like a lad's night out with some of his old friends a few months ago bumped into one of his exes and they sat and had a drink and had a like a lovely chat and had a laugh had a hug he actually apologized for some of the things that he did in their relationship she forgave him she said don't worry about it and he came back and met up with me and told me all about it because he's been honest about this person he said he loved her she loved him he didn't treat her very well sometimes but he always felt guilty about it and would love to have a chat and apologise and sort of explain some of it if she would listen. And the opportunity arose and he took it. And I totally get that and totally support it. And I think that's the right thing to do. I I always said I'm completely okay with that. Like she has never created any problem she's never been a weird ex you know because obviously you do get some exes that are problematic and you need to be aware of of that and and not be silly and not put yourself in situations that could be detrimental to your relationship but yeah there was no jealousy no worry it was supported and I know that he would support me if I did that because because the honesty here is that I choose him I choose my husband I would not jeopardize this relationship for anybody not for somebody that I have just met not for somebody that I might meet tomorrow and not for somebody in my past like there are people in my past that I still have affection for but none of them are people that I would want to be in a relationship, like a sexual relationship with and he knows that and he trusts that and and that's that and and he doesn't feel any insecurity about me talking to anybody else We know each other's boundaries and we we know not
1: to overstep them. And I I think that's like, you know, everything you've said there just, yeah, I completely agree with. I think it's not, you know, it's not just like, oh, well, he met up with one of his exes and, you know, I was kind of all right about it. Like, it's not like a tolerating thing. It's like, oh, that's great. Like, that's good for you. And like, you can have a conversation about that and you can bring that kind of like... Like, he obviously got a sense, a bit of, like, healing from it and being able to apologise and her being able to forgive him. And, and like, you can kind of experience that vicariously and that can be a good thing. Like, I think it's really important to take the learning from your previous relationships into your current relationship and, and have, like like a space where you can talk about all that kind of stuff. So you can you know, that's how you really properly get to know people on a deep level by being like, Well, you know, this is what happened before and I've got all these feelings about it and this is what I'm scared of. You know, if you just kind of shut them down and just be like, Oh well that was someone that I dated and I don't want to talk about that then it it just leaves all this kind of mystery about it that makes it into something that it's not. And Yeah.
0: I've definitely had relationships before where I was just I was running on like jealousy and insecurity and so any female with any of my exes, any attractive female or or any of their exes came into the picture, I would be so threatened and would, you know, not be supportive of them talking Mm -hmm. to them, meeting up with them. And I just look back and I think, God, I, I really have I've done so much work on myself and it's emotional maturity to be able to completely and utterly accept my husband will find other people attractive. My husband has a past. My husband had relationships and sexual intercourse with loads of other people before me and I know that, accept it, I'm glad of it and as long as he doesn't betray me and lie to me that's all that matters and and that would have driven me mad years ago. It -hmm. would have at times really made me feel like permanently on edge and it absolutely doesn't anymore and that's because I just don't look at things in the same way I'm much more trusting I'm much more able to appreciate that I see attractive men from time to time and I'm I can be like oh he's a good looking guy but that doesn't jeopardize my relationship or or interfere with my feelings for my husband and it's just human nature and you have to be aware of that and accepting of it and and it's the same he'd be in support of me talking to any ex-boyfriend as long as it was a boundary situation where it wasn't overstepping inappropriate lines and they're quite obvious what they are and sort of bringing it back to you Kat you said you are not sure if it would be simpler to just stay away in a sense it yeah it kind of would be but it kind of be more simple if you just stayed in a little house and didn't interact with anybody ever again like if you want, if you have feelings where you think this was a really nice person, I'd sort of ideally like to be friends. I think that's your answer in an ideal situation. You'd like to be friends, so feel it out. Like set yeah, the boundaries. The you
1: don't have to make a decision. You don't have to say yes, we will be friends. You can say, well, let's explore. Let's be it. friendly. Yeah, Just yeah, be
0: Start being friendly. Yeah, and, um, and see what happens. Yeah, and from my experience again, sort of taking it back to to my ex, Mitch. That was the thing that I found so hard to accept, to just sort of let it. this let's be friends thing go because we broke up years ago and I've been in this relationship for several years and it's almost like a bit of a cat and mouse game at this point because I've not reached out to him in over a year, I think now. But previous to that, there was always like, if something reminded me of him and it wasn't by any means all the time, a year or two years could go by before I'd send a text or whatever. But if something re- really reminded me of him or I thought this would really make him him laugh or I'll just test the boundaries to see if he's gonna be friendly and respond this time. Sometimes he would, sometimes he wouldn't. But it's almost like every now and again I'll sort of check in to see like, Are you gonna be friendly? Yeah. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. <laughs> like I almost feel I'm gonna be 60, still occasionally like what, Are you be yourself yet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it, it, it has got to a point where it's just like why are you so incapable of actually just being friendly to someone that's being friendly to you that you said you wanted to be friends with? You know, he, he sort of ma- he maintains the relationship ended too badly, how I acted out at the end of it in particular. And yeah, I, I've admitted and said, I'm sorry for the way that I behaved when the relationship was sort of on the rocks, but most relationships end badly.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, and that doesn't, that doesn't negate your entire relationship th- no. uh, before then or the feelings that you had for each other, um, you know, just because when people are hurt and scared they act in ways that maybe you know afterwards they're not hugely proud of but I think yeah everyone should be cut a little bit of slack for that yeah
0: and 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 also it is the same thing that you you mentioned earlier you know I feel like he's stuck in this situation where he only views me as that person that's you know drunk at his door one in the morning begging him to come down so we can talk With about gu- things Do you have a guitar have you sing singing <laughs> <laughs> please have me back like it's almost like that's how I'm suspended in his memory yeah, yeah rather yeah. than rather than somebody that's uh, almost like a decade on there's just been so much change so much growth I've openly said when I got in touch a while ago to try to say can we be friends yet like I feel like it's still such a shame that we're not friendly and to be completely honest, that you're not afraid that I'm like looking to rekindle anything. I'm married. I've been married for ages. I'm really happy in this relationship. He knows that I'm getting in touch with you. He doesn't care. Like there's nothing secretive here. There's nothing to be worried about. I'm not trying to mess anything up. If you're in a relationship, super happy for you. But if I'm in the area because we live miles apart, but if I, I'm sometimes there because I've got friends and family near where he lives, where I think he still lives, you know, it would be lovely if while I'm there. I could look him up like I would any friend that's there to say, I'm out tonight if you want to pop out. Or, you know, do you fancy coming for lunch? I've got an hour or anything like that. And I feel like he would happily do that if he would only just drop this, this. It feels like he's clinging to this old stuck in time vision of me as a complete mess at the end of our relationship. And he refuses to think that I could be any different now, which obviously I am. And obviously that was not me at my best. And obviously that is embarrassing to think back on some of the things that I did when I was and I was drinking then as well like I was really struggling with with the drinks. so I would, I would turn to drink when I was so upset and it's horrible to feel like someone still holds you to that
1: yeah yeah no I can I can totally appreciate that and and I just think that um you know from what you said it it just sounds like that's it's more about him than it is about you in terms of that's obviously that idea of, you know, having you suspended in his mind, that image of you um, is obviously easier for him than um, acknowledging that perhaps you've changed and those things wouldn't come into play now and that, you you know, you're a different person because maybe that would ha- make him have to kind of revisit old ideas and feelings and, and maybe that's just too hard. Um, and that's, you know, some people do just kind of shut down, um, you know, when things get too difficult to kind of deal with in that respect. And I'm definitely not like that. I'm complete other end of the spectrum where I'm just like, I'm just going to over process this forever. And like, how do I feel about everything? But you know, I appreciate that some people aren't like that. And for some people, they just want to it's probably just too difficult to think about you as a whole, you know, the whole person and, and take into account all of your good points and and uh, that you know you may have evolved and changed and not be that kind of drunken mess on his doorstep. So yeah, I mean, I, I would no offense. was laughing that. I was laughing
0: because I was just thinking like if that is genuinely what he's afraid of, one, that's bonkers. Two, if I ever did that again, as somebody that's now married, has been married for years, would not jeopardise this marriage, is only wanting to be friendly. If I suddenly did that, he would have every reason and right to say sorry this friendship is
1: obviously not what I signed up for. I think he's probably more afraid that you wouldn't do that because obviously yeah if he did do that then he's got every right and it'd be really easy to be like I knew you hadn't changed I don't want yeah. this and I'm out of here yeah. whereas if he met you and you were just this completely different person who had evolved and grown and all of these things maybe he'd just have to confront like some old feelings that are kind of Unprocessed or or something like that. That's that would be my thoughts on why. I've never looked at it like like that before. No, no. I think I think that that's what it sounds like. Maybe I'll be too alluring now. Yeah, exactly. Too attractive for I mean, this is what I tell myself. He wouldn't be able to be friends with me. (laughs) (laughs) He wouldn't be able to resist you, Jen. That's what I'm saying. That's what it is. Send him a little text and just be like I've realised now that you're <laughs> probably that. scared that you'd find me too irresistible. <laughs> and I t- completely understand. Yeah. I realised that you would not be able
0: to resist me. <laughs> no but there might be a grain of truth to that obviously we don't know let's invite him onto the podcast and find out that'll Definitely. be my next that'll yes. be my next message to him
1: yeah <laughs> well i'll invite him pretending it's my podcast and then we'll bring you out as a surprise guest hi <laughs> <laughs> only me i knew we'd get to be friends somehow let's be friends <laughs> i told you i'd grown and involved
0: <laughs> you're totally safe in this friendship no surprises at all no, but th- there might well be a grain of truth to that. I'm not obviously not saying that he has feelings of, like,
1: love. But certainly unconsciously. Like, I'm not possibly. saying that consciously he's sitting there being like, I'm worried that if I see Jen, I'll still no, have feelings for her. No, I'm pretty sure that he doesn't think
0: own. about me at all, actually. Aside, from, aside <laughs> from when I get in touch, like, once every <laughs> couple of years. Again. Are you willing to be reasonable now?
1: I know you've changed your number, but... <laughs> <laughs> I've got that, hold of yes. it. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I only took a few
0: phone calls to your <laughs> distant relatives. <laughs> Yeah, there's probably a grain of truth to that. Possibly in some cases, but it's so much better to think about that for anyone for people that are struggling with this because I know that it's it is just such a common thing that people feel like they haven't got over something or they haven't got closure on a past relationship. Any variation of that is completely a normal, common thing to feel, and I think that the most common way of interpreting that is feeling like there's something wrong with you you're not worthy that person's better than you and you've opened up to them and they're rejecting you as a whole person and therefore you must be a just a horrible piece of work or something and so you you internalize that and feel such low self-esteem I know that I've definitely felt that in the past and and taken all the responsibility for that and just taken on that feeling of rejection unless it's sort of solved or sorted out or or Yeah, yeah whatever that's just not it's that's such a one-sided negative look at it and it most likely almost a hundred percent not the full picture and and it's such a horrible way to feel and most people do feel that if they've been just like dumped in a relationship like the, the first feelings you feel are feelings like such intense discomfort and and unworthiness and rejection and all of that and you can just carry on feeling like that in a way if it it doesn't feel like it's been resolved it's really difficult to actually try to see like you've just said there's a different side to this this person your ex has their own stuff their own issues they're not a perfect person like
1: this is something that like (laughs) I do struggle with (laughs) and I mean, it makes me just sound like a massive narcissist who doesn't like, consider other people. But sometimes I do get so caught up in my own feelings and my own needs and thoughts that and I forget that there's an, another person involved who has just as many feelings and thoughts and needs and yeah. and baggage and history and you know, not everything is about you. Like, you know, I can just be like, oh, but I'm really fearful of this and scared of this. And it's like, oh, hang on, there's another person here who might also be scared of things. And just take into account that, yeah, you know, like with your ex, if they're saying no, 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 that doesn't, it's not all about you. Like there's other stuff going on for them with their experiences that is making them do that. So I think it's just, it's just like trying to open take a step back have a bit of distance and just really consider them as a whole person and as you know as some of their experiences and stuff and just know that everyone's got stuff going on and everyone's got reasons for doing things and it's not it doesn't all come down to whether you're a good person and and all that kind of stuff.
0: No, it's it's all to do with what what any individual is actually capable of and also the the patterns of behavior that they've been taught and they've hmm. modeled from their own parents. If their parents are distant and sort of unresponsive, they're likely to take on that sort of behavior themselves when when they're called into action. So if someone's Definitely, asking something yeah. of them, they might just unconsciously be unable actually unable to be open enough to be friendly or to, mm. to meet somebody and explain when our relationship ended and you behave like this it made me feel like that and yeah. it's really like affected me and it's made me feel like I can't trust you as a person I can't trust what you say you know if, if people could actually say that and express themselves and feel s- like a safety yeah. that you know the person won't fly off the handle and they'll actually listen and accept that's how you made them feel things could actually be worked out probably. Mm. I'm not, not in a way that you could rekindle the relationship, although that has happened. But certainly to be able to accept you've really affected somebody the way that you behaved and it, it's actually a really good thing to listen to, to how your behavior has, has affected somebody and to accept it, apologize for it, make amends, and in this situation obviously don't do the same thing to that person but don't carry that forward into your next relationship yeah you know I've managed not to carry a lot of things forward into my relationships but it probably would have been made a a lot easier if all the relationships had ended and then
1: at some point afterwards we could have spoken about it maybe. you kind of need a debrief after relationships like it would be so handy to be like right we've both moved on and we've both had um let's you know, discuss. a yeah. bit of distance but let's talk about what happened and how you treat treated me and how i treated you and let's take responsibility for our own stuff i mean yeah. that would be would that would be a dream like that's basically what i try and make everyone do and they're like no i don't want to do that thank you yeah most people won't
0: <laughs> and most people just most people can't do it because they are too emotionally invested still
1: so it's hard to take responsibility for, for, for what stuff you might have that, done as well yeah definitely
0: yeah i mean i was in aa for a bit and you are encouraged to go back and and make amends to any anyone that you've actually hurt or harmed mm. and i i did i did that i did it with loads of people and it was so cathartic it yeah, was amazing but it's hard it's not easy but i do try and do that and um I couldn't do it with that ex <laughs> I did get in touch and I was like would you be willing to do that he's like I don't even think he responded I was like i will take that as a no but Mitch, you little bugger Mitch <laughs> come on but I, I do feel almost like oh bless bless him because there is part of me that I think I've always sort of known I don't know if he's capable of that yeah obviously he is but I, I, I think that he doesn't think he would be
1: but i think in a way like when you you know i've I've definitely had this experiences with people where you you want something so bad and you push for it and they and they push back or you just don't get it but in a way you can get your own closure by yeah. coming to that conclusion and being like you know what i i can just see that this isn't going to happen he's not capable these are the reasons and you know what that's okay like moving on kind of thing and and that can uh that can sort of have its own closure and yeah kind of ultimately ultimately you have to be responsible for how you
0: feel and yeah you can't force someone to do something that they don't no. want to do you no. can't do that and shouldn't be doing that jen. so
1: i won't send you those nudes jen stop asking <laughs> all right it's weird <laughs> i think we need to draw this to a close now
0: but cats i hope but that we've helped you i think if if nothing else, you can see just by our previous experiences that we've gone through similar things like this. I don't think there's a single friend I can think of that hasn't at one time or another felt those sorts of things as well. Definitely. Yeah, you, you only have to watch... Um, you reminded me of High Fidelity then, have you seen that film? John Keysack uh,
1: Oh, I've read the book, I haven't seen the film.
0: Oh, the book's amazing. But yeah, the film's really good as well. But that's basically about that, isn't it? He wants to go yeah, back and, yeah, and get the yeah. um, down low. That's right. Down low? The low down. On all of his significant relationships to sort of apologise, but also ask them, why did you dump me? Why yeah. did you not like oh, me yeah. enough in I the end? love ent- that book. Yeah. It's so good. It's um, Nick Hornby. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's one of my favourite books. But yeah, I I would go for it, Kat. Go for it. Set your boundaries. Yeah. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with them. Be honest with anyone that you are dating as well, obviously. Don't do it secretively. And if they can't handle that, it kind of gives a bit of a insight into their emotional lack yeah, of maturity definitely. yeah and let us know how that gets how you get on with that because yeah please do yeah and if it ten, if it starts to go pear-shaped just withdraw don't from blame it. us for
1: a start but
0: number one don't blame us
1: <laughs> two, we'll deny
0: our knowledge yeah two, just detach from it you do you, you don't have to stay in that friendship you're not in a binding contract you no. can just reset boundaries and think oh, okay I'll spend less time with this person because I'm not quite sure If this is what I want, you know. Yeah. So let's get off then and um as we said in the last one, we're gonna take a break from podcasting for a little while at the end of June. So we've got another five shows to go. And please do think about dropping us a line to ask us absolutely anything. You can ask anything about our lives, our experiences, or If there's something that you're going through or that you've been through that you want to share, like absolutely anything, anything at all, anything silly, anything deeply distressing, like (laughs) doesn't matter. We'll give terrible advice either way. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) the result will be the same. (laughs) So um, yeah, drop us a line, the team at offtherocks.co.uk and we'll be happy to help you to a certain degree,
1: depending on how you define help. (laughs) you should be a marketing chef (laughs) we'll be happy to help you to a certain degree depending on how you define (laughs) that. that'll be the tagline for the podcast (laughs) right then darling have a good day okay you too bye-bye bye